Retail breaches in EMV have been hot topics this year and will continue to be among the financial industry's most pressing cybersecurity concerns for the rest of 2015. Here, in this second part of a two-part interview with Aviva Leighton, a recognized financial fraud expert and distinguished analyst at Gartner Research, Leighton discusses the impact EMV and retail breaches have had and will continue to have on payments evolution in the U.S. and how both are opening new doors for mobile payments. And if you haven't already, be sure to check part one, where Lighten discusses cyber extortion, insider threats, and emerging authentication solutions banking institutions are investing in to address everything from new account fraud to business email compromise. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Aviva, let's move our conversation to talk a little bit about payments, because obviously this has been a hot topic in 2015 as well. What's been the impact of card breaches in the retail world? Well... I think that's a really interesting question because just this week, Target announced that they've got rising sales and same-store sales are up 2.4%, and they are basically a big, bright star in the retail business, where Walmart, at the same time, just announced that they had missed their goals for this year. So their projections were too optimistic, and they underperformed. And Target was a big, bright star in the retail industry. With store sales up, they actually improved three times faster in certain categories where they were sprucing up their product sales. So what that should tell us is that consumers really don't think about security breaches when they go shopping. They may think about it for the week or two that it hits the news. And Target may have taken a bit of a hit. I don't think anyone really ever proved how much of a hit they took because of the breach because they also had problems with Canadian store expansion, some other debt categories. They had hits to their bottom line, part of which was associated with breach costs. But we really never knew how much of their hit was because consumers didn't want to shop there because they weren't secure. But whatever that hit may have been, it's certainly gone now because they're doing very well in the retail industry. And Walmart, which has not suffered a big data breach in its retail stores is actually taking a hit because of just other business considerations. You know, I listen to a lot of vendor pitches, I'm sure you do too, and this argument that a data breach is going to hurt future business just doesn't hold water. If you go back and look at all the data breaches, even the TJ Maxx one, it doesn't hold water. On the other hand, the banking industry and the retail industry certainly doesn't want to have more data breaches. So we have seen aggressive movement in EMV rollout. I think that it may have been there anyways, even without the breaches, because the liability shift deadline was set independent of the breaches. But there is a big movement now. You know, a lot of the cards are... EMV. I think the projection is half of them will be EMV capable by the end of the year. The retailers are moving slowly, more slowly. Some of them are interested in it and some of them aren't. In a lot of cases, the retailers I talk to really don't care about EMV. It doesn't do anything to protect them. It protects counterfeit fraud. It doesn't stop data breaches. So they're more interested in point-to-point encryption or tokenization and they're just waiting to turn on EMV when they see a critical mass EMV cards come into their store because of the liability shift. But the retailers are more interested in preventing breaches. EMV doesn't stop that at all. And the banks are more interested in not having counterfeit fraud, which EMV does prevent. Retailers may not really see the value in EMV, or they may feel like it's not something they want to do, but they really don't have a choice. 
They don't have a choice if they don't want the liability. I was talking, for example, to an insurance company, and they actually take credit card payments at the point of sale when they go out to different people's homes. They do have home sales, and they meet with their clients and sign them up for life insurance and other policies. And they said, we have no interest in moving to EMD. If it turns out to be a fraudulent transaction, we'll just take their policy away. You know, they're not going to eat any fraud in that case. So it really depends on the retailer. If they're going to get hit with counterfeit fraud costs, like a big box retailer will, and fast food restaurants will, so they'll have to move to EMD because they don't want to eat fraud costs. But other retailers, until they start seeing that it's going to affect them in terms of fraud costs, they're not in any hurry to do it. Aviva, along the lines of EMV, you recently <coughs> blogged about how chip and signature transactions will slow down retail checkout lines and that retailers really don't want to slow down the process for their customers. What's the perspective there? Do they just not want to roll out EMV at all because it could adversely impact the customer experience? Yeah, that was a really interesting finding for me. I hosted a roundtable of retailers at a Gartner Security Summit, and they started talking about how they didn't want to roll it out because it really slows down the checkout line. One of the retailers at that conference was a cafeteria owner, and they have lots of cafeterias in a certain region in the country, and they said, you know, this lunchtime rush that we have, it's really going to make matters much worse. I also heard one of the large big box retailers was adding extra cash lanes in anticipation of EMP because it does slow the checkout down. In some industries, like fast food, cafeterias, toll booths, ticketing, movie theaters, moving lines along quickly is really very, very important. It makes a difference to the bottom line. So I think the good news there is that'll spur adoption of mobile payments, and those payments could be EMV payments. And that's what came out of the discussion with these retailers is the only way out of this is mobile. Wave your little phone in front of the terminal and move on. The bad news is that physical chip cards slow the checkout down, and the good news is mobile speeds it. So Aviva, talking about EMV, I know that you've researched some of the security challenges surrounding EMV and some of the fraud migration patterns that we can expect to see. What do you think the impact of EMV will be on the migration of fraud over the next 12 to 18 months? It's clear that the fraud will start moving to card not present channels. It's happened in every single country that's rolled out EMD, and we have the data to show that, for example, in Canada and the UK, in Australia. And in fact, just about a month ago, the European Central Bank reported an 8% increase in fraud among cards issued in the SEPA area, the European area, and most of the increase in the fraud was card not present fraud. 66% or two-thirds of the whole fraud value was card not present fraud, and that had increased 20.6% since 2012. This is a report on the fraud levels in 2013. So card not present fraud went up almost 21%, but card present fraud, which EMV helped stop, decreased by almost 14% at ATMs and at the point of sale by almost 8%. It's clear that EMV stops 
card present counterfeit fraud. We see it in the numbers, and it's also clear that it increases card not present fraud. And that'll definitely happen in the United States. So uh, the retailers and the banks have to prepare for that. Other issues with EMD is how it's implemented. So it's not the easiest technology to implement. We've seen in other countries that the card issuers really didn't implement it completely properly at the beginning, and so they weren't checking some of the cryptographic values that are coming over with the transaction. And they assumed if it was an EMD transaction that it was okay, then they let it go. They authorized those transactions, which turned out to be fraudulent because the hackers are just sending through bogus EMD transactions. So what the lesson learned there is the issuers really have to pay attention to how they implement EMD. And with the retailers, it's an issue too because not all the processors that they work with are certified. Not all the terminal manufacturers are certified. There are a lot of moving parts to a credit card or debit card transaction. They all have to be upgraded for the CMP protocol properly. And if they're not implemented properly and they it won't be done properly, there are a lot of kinks to work out. The criminals just take advantage of it, and they've been doing that for the last year. So it's not going to stop counterfeit fraud either right away that's committed by these sophisticated criminals that know how to create bogus EMP transactions. So it's not like you just snap your fingers and EMD does the job. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of moving parts that have to be put in place. But once they are put in place, we can expect that to reduce card present counterfeit fraud and we can expect card not present fraud to increase. And then Aviva, before we close, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience about some of the trends that we might see over the course of the next five months? Yeah, I think as we look ahead, it can look pretty bleak because you see all this organized crime hitting the banks from every single angle. Extortionists, insiders, Eastern Europeans and Russians and the Chinese, and everyone's going after financial institutions in the U.S. They're getting hit from all different angles. So it looks pretty bleak in that sense. But the good news is that there really are a lot of fantastic technologies and innovations available to the banks that they're taking advantage of. Machine learning, analytics, artificial intelligence, deep learning, and these technologies are being applied at the banks to weed out these bad transactions and bad actors. So I don't think it's all a lost cause. I think you got some really smart people at the financial institutions that have access to really great technology that can help them you know, stop all these attacks. So the problem's not the technology. The problems are the processes and the organizations. Like People are stressed, and it's really hard to put new systems in. It's hard to get the money for it hard to get the organizational support. It's hard to get everybody working together. Uh, so things are moving really quickly, and it's very hard for large and small organizations to keep up, and not because of the technology, but because of the human processes. So I think that's the main thing. If I was a CEO, I would worry about is just making sure that the company is agile enough to keep going. I think we saw big reports that came out about the Amazon culture, and I'm not sure they're all true or not, but I think the big message there was you just have to stay really agile no matter how big you are in order to keep your business innovative and moving and, and that's probably the biggest challenge for large financial institutions and also small ones. Well Aviva as always your insights are well received and I appreciate your time today. Thank you again. Thank you. Again we've just heard from Aviva Lighton of Gartner. For Information Security Media Group I'm Tracy Kitten.